Welcome to Signs of Life, exploring survival of consciousness. Brought to you by Forever Family Foundation on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. I call your name, the echo is haunting, the echo is always the same. I call your name, the echo is haunting, an echo can never be changed. So I call your Hello and welcome to Signs of Life Radio. I'm Kimberly Saavedra, Director of the Comlock Center, and tonight is the night we talk about your personal experiences, your personal stories. The fourth Thursday of the month on Signs of Life Radio is dedicated to you and the experiences you have had that defy mainstream thinking, the experiences that you don't feel that comfortable sharing with just anyone. So we would invite you to join us as we explore the types of experiences that people have, what they mean, and how we can integrate them into our daily lives. And although mediums provide a valuable connection to the deceased, this particular show centers around your direct experiences which do not involve a medium. Your co-host tonight for the Signs of Life radio show will be Janet Mayer, Forever Family Foundation certified medium and author of Spirits, They Are Present, as well as Dr. Betty Kovach, author of The Miracle of Death, There is Nothing But Life, and Merchants of Light, The Consciousness That is Changing the World. We would invite you to call in, and I would like to give you the telephone numbers now, 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. And you can call in with a question, a comment, or a personal experience that the rest of the world might just be dying to hear. So welcome, Betty and Janet and our audience. Thanks, Kimberly. How is everyone? Good to be here. I'm doing good. It's good to be here. We always love being here with you, Janet. (laughs) (laughs) Same here with you guys. (laughs) Well, we were thinking today of some stories that we might like to share. And one thing that came to mind this afternoon was there, in addition to the, um, what is it? Oh, it's that surviving surviving death, death yes. <laughs> on Netflix, the Netflix show, which we frequently talk about. Another channel that has something that is very interesting is Anthony Chen, C-H-E-N-E, Productions YouTube channel, and his main focus is near-death experiences. And we watched a few of those this afternoon, and we're so moved by the by the commonality of threads between the two people's stories that we listened to. Um, one gentleman, uh, his name is Scott Drummond, had a near-death experience at 28, and he kept it to himself for 40 years can you imagine we hear that so often wow. in our culture that i've never told anyone this well he did not for 40 years yeah so at 68 he shared his experience um that he had had when he was 28 and um the loving presence the the, the colors oh the yeah. richness of the colors he said he could taste 
colors and they were unlike any colors he had ever experienced in this dimensional reality. Mm. Another thing too, that was so moving is that uh, he was in a field of grass that was up to his waist. And he said, this was not ordinary grass. It was grass that was loving and the flowers, the wildflowers had colors he had never seen before. They were just so magnificent. But everything in nature was loving. It wasn't just present as we experience it, as it is loving, I'm sure, if we could just experience it. But he was experiencing the loving aspect of nature, everything, the grass, the flowers, the sky, everything. And to think that he had kept that uh, for 40 years and when he did start telling it, he said it really changed his life. Right, right. And, wow. and he had talked about his life review or the film of his life, and he experienced it. And it wasn't just that he was watching, he was just re-experiencing. And he had so many regrets in the priorities that he had um, lived by. And um, after that experience, he kind of greeted each day with that film. Every day he began with that film and he had the goal of having his next life review being so much different because yeah. of the kindness that he came to value so much more than anything else and the personal relationships rather than, you know, achieving in success as, yeah. as a lot of people. Yeah, he said his for. goal was ambition to mm -hmm. make a lot of money, to mm -hmm. be a good businessman. And mm -hmm. that was no longer interesting mm -hmm. to him after the experience. I mean, he made, a, you know, he had a profession for sure, but that wasn't the goal of his life. It was to be kind. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing how one instant like that can change you, you know, to such an extent. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah, change your life. And right. it's, it's sad that he didn't feel that he he didn't feel comfortable telling anyone because of our culture, of course. But I think that's changing because in the 80s, 1980s, we already knew that there were known near-death experiencers. We knew that there were at least 8 million. And there's mm -hmm. so many more now known to mm -hmm. have experienced the other dimension through a, a death experience, an actual death, really, because they were flatliners. And how it was just the knowledge that of its reality. I think that's the thing, just in listening mm -hmm. to them this afternoon, it, it was just, they so communicated on such a deep level that absolute joy in knowing, absolutely knowing that there is another dimension of reality that is light, it's consciousness, and first of all, it is loving loving. He said, if I can just be kind to one person a day, or, and he also said, I realized in telling my story, if I can help one person realize life, <laughs> realize that there is this other loving dimension, then my telling my story would have been worth it. And I thought of that when I wrote the book, Miracle of Death, I thought, I don't know if anyone will ever see it, <laughs> you know, or read mm -hmm. it. But if one person does know about it, and it helps them in in their experiencing death in such a different way, then it will have been worth it to write that book. And right. I think it would, would have been worth it to have this experience. Right. He had gotten some Just he had gotten it. a message, basically. It's it's about the one. And so my mind started going through it's like the one, the all, we are all one. Yes. What is this? And then as he spoke, it was about if you can make 
life oh. different for one person. Oh, I didn't get that. One I was person. thinking of the one alone. Oh gosh. Imagine mm-hmm. that that our life is meaningful if if we can if we can inspire the life of one other person. Oh is there someone God. calling? Diane is online. One. Hello, Diane. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for Hi, calling. Pretty Hi. good. How are you? You're from Long Island. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And do you have a story to share with us? Um, well, I could, I, um, I can share a story regarding a visit that I had for my son, I believe. Mm-hmm. Can you speak up just a little bit? It's, we're having a hard time hearing you. Um, uh, right, could you hear, I, is that better? Oh, much, that's much better. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. Uh, okay. I'm on, cause I'm on a cell phone. I'm sorry. Um, that's fine. Well, um, my son passed, uh, February, uh, 2021. And he struggled with addiction and, and, um, my, I had a, a visit from him. I believe it was, a, I feel it was definitely a visit after he passed because before he passed, it was my birthday and he relapsed. Mm-hmm. And when I, after he relapsed, I spoke to him and I said to him, Michael, and I wasn't trying to shame him, but I just said to him, I said, Michael, do you ever like look at yourself? Because he had that crazed look in his face. And I said, Michael, do you ever look at yourself in the mirror? And he said, Mom, no. And he broke down crying. And it wasn't like I'm saying I wasn't trying to shame him. I was just like, a, just I was just wondering at that point. So um, a few months later, he passed um, of an overdose. And a few months after that, it must have been, I don't know, April, I forgot when it was. And I have to believe that this was a visit, but uh, in the dream or the visit, he came and he was buzzing around this room, excited, running, going around the room. And I'm like, I was screaming, oh, my God, Michael's here, Michael's here, telling everyone. I was so mm-hmm. excited, hugging him, and he just looked so excited. And he kept going to this mirror. And I kept saying, why is he going to this mirror in the dream? Why is he going to this mirror? So eventually the dream ended, and he left, and he hugged me, whatever. Next morning, I woke up and I realized he's going to the mirror to tell me that he can look at himself. That he is, he can look at himself in the mirror. I'm. This is how I'm interpreting it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was like, he's showing me that he could actually look in the mirror at, at himself now. Oh, Maybe you know. Much. That's how I interpreted that. Oh well, I and that could mean that has multiple layers. I think, but the fact that he can look at who he is mm-hmm. and yeah. he can. Do whatever he needs to do and it's it's not hurting him evidently to look in the mirror you know that's beautiful he could you know it's such a wonderful thing at any point in our lives when we can do that yeah, right. taking mm-hmm. slow. exactly yeah. <laughs> we'd all do some changing oh, yeah <laughs> janet yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say i when you you know said right away well i don't know if i interpreted that correctly my first thought was well yes you did of course you did it was your dream it was for your interpretation. You were supposed to get the message that was given to you. And that was the message. And he was letting you know that, you know, he took your advice. He's looking in the mirror. He's recognizing, you know, all the different faucets of himself and, you know, what he needs to learn and what he, you know, experienced. And I think he wanted to let you know, kind of like, that was really wise, you know, you know, Hey mom, you know, you told me and I did it. I looked into the mirror. I now see 
you know, what you saw, what I needed to see that I didn't see while here. And then you, Mm -hmm. you know, basically he came back in a way to thank you and say, hey, you know, thank you for letting me see this. Now I could see what happened. And I think that that was really a beautiful dream because he gave you, you know, like you said, there were a number of areas that he came through with that dream you know, with a lot of different angles. And I think he wanted to let you know, not only thank you, but I also think that he was, you know, giving you the answer, look, I can do this now. And, and I think that's a really, you know, kind of a beautiful message that he gave you. And I think that, you know, he was letting you know, too, you know, that, you know, you were really wise by saying, hey, did you see this? Do you see what I see? And now he's saying, yeah, you know, I do. I do see that. So, I mean, that's really, you know, really beautiful. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh yeah, I thought so too. And you yeah. know, it's it's so important to look at addiction in a in a very how can I say maybe even spiritual way is that we all have various kinds of addictions in our lives, mm-hmm. and they're usually born out of seeking something beyond what we're we're experiencing. Don't you think? Right. Oh, totally. I definitely think that. I think that, you know, that everyone, you know, has something in their own way, whether, you know, what, whatever label you want to give it is, you know, what it is. But I think that with with your son, I think it was really he showed a lot of strength coming through to you in the dream, you know, when he really had the weaknesses while he was here in his mm-hmm. own way, even though he might not have, but he just saw it that way, you know, and I think that. Mm-hmm. By him coming through and showing you that, that, you know, look, I have the strength now of, of I can see myself. I can see where I've come. I can see what I was doing. And and I think that it, it's kind of a reflection, as I would say, on all of us that, you know, if we all take a, you know, take a turn and look into the mirror, what do we see? What do we experience? And what do we need to learn? And I think that, you know, he kind of gave us a lesson tonight, too, really, for everyone. Yeah. And, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it just... As parents, of course, we want to uh, remind our children if they are involved in something that isn't working for them, isn't going to bring them perhaps what they're looking for, or even when it's an act of frustration or whatever, uh, because we're going to try a lot of things in life, you know, whatever we want to call it. And uh, yeah, we do need people around us to say, look in the mirror, that's not working for you. That's not giving you what, you know, what you need. Uh, Right. You did that. You yeah. played that sacred role for him. And it got through. Yeah, yeah, that's a good and part. And he was able to respond to it after he crossed. Yeah, very right. good. Thank you for that because it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. Well, thank, thank you thank for sharing the story. You. Thank you, thank Diane. You. Thank you. Beautiful. Wow. We all get messages, don't we? I mean, from, you know, they come the way they're supposed to come. And that's that's kind of a a universal message in a way that, you know, he gave that he can remind everyone, you know, stop and take, you know, look in the mirror, see what you need to know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we can think something's working for us, or at least it's what we know to do in the moment, but we have other callers, do we? We have two callers. The next up is Nelson from Hawaii. We've spoken to Nelson a few times. Good evening, Nelson. How are you? Hi, good evening. Hi, um, Hi, Nelson. Hello, me you and my speak crazy up? dog. <laughs> well, we want to hear about you and your dog. Could you speak okay, up? Just um, okay. Um, like when I called you last year, um, I called because I had questions regarding 
life after life. And today, I watch, I listen to your show every week, I mean, every fourth week. And then today, for some reason, while I was feeding him, even though he's passed away, I still put food out for him. Yes. He beeped yes. the phone again when I put his plate down. And he beeps the phone like when on crucial times, like if I'm collecting his fur, if I put it in a jar, he beeps the phone, that kind of thing. Anyway, he hadn't been doing that for a while and until today. And then I kind of feel like he's trying to tell me that I should call to help give comfort to others who have lost a dog or a family member. Oh. Um, because he still communicates with me, but not as often, but he still does. And recently I had gone to um, a Zoom conference for animal care and had nothing to do with um, my situation because my dog is now on the other side. But the psychic told me and gave me descriptions of my dog and the way he behaves and the way he's incessant. And I knew it was him that was communicating to the psychic. And basically, she said that um, he wanted me to write, write, write. I don't understand what she means by write, 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 because I'm not an author and I don't publish anything. But she told me I need to write, write. I mean, my dog said to write, write, write. <laughs> but anyway, I just called to let you guys know that um, to, to share with others that who are grieving over their lost pet and loved ones that they are still with us. And I even have several photos of him on surveillance camera with details on the, of his face and his body. And there's like several on different cameras. So I know that they do exist on the other side. And I think today he was trying to tell me to call you guys to tell you that. Because oh, I wasn't <laughs> intending to call. I just wanted to listen. But then he did that. So I, I felt compelled I had to call you guys just for him. Oh, but thank you guys for sharing. Well, thank you, Nelson. Thank you. Thank, yeah, you. thank you for sharing. That That's is a wonderful. Good story, yeah. and it does tell people something about the afterlife. Well, it or... does. It does, and it also. But I have, it, yeah. I do have one more, one question regarding to that. Like I said, that I I put food out for him. Do do the spirits taste the food we put off for them? Because I still feed him, and I still bathe him, and I do still pet him. Do you see that as being unhealthy or, I mean, like, I don't know, I just, I still do that. Maybe it's for my own comfort or, I mean, maybe you could share that with others who have the situation as I do. Well, uh, does it make you feel better, Nelson, to do that? It do does you... make me feel better, but, like, when I have visitors and they see me doing that, I feel kind of, like, strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. they never yeah. think to say yeah, Janet, you were going to say. What do you think? Well, well, I, yeah. I was first going. I was on, an, on another area of what you were speaking about, and that had to do with the writing. And I think maybe that's just simply a thing of journaling. You don't have to publish anything. You can just journal and write your thoughts on paper, and it may lead you into another direction or somewhere you want to go. You know, you're you have all this energy of giving of yourself to you know your dog that has passed when. You know, your dog doesn't need any of the physical anymore. So, you know, that isn't needed, even though I think you may do that for you. You know, maybe okay. they're saying, you know, hey, maybe you know it's time you have a new dog or maybe, you know, that you're supposed to help in an area with with dogs or animals and, and helping give of yourself because you obviously 
want to do that and you need to do that, you need to give of yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's simply that is that, you know, you're, you know, your dog is coming through in its own way saying, Hey, you've, you've done all this for me. You know, what if, you know, you're still, you're still here. You're still in the physical, you know, the dog doesn't need the physical any longer. Your dog is in the spirit world. So, you know, it can still, you know, smell and do all this, but it can do that without your help unless you're just doing it because you feel you need it. But if you want to give so much, maybe you're supposed to give in another way by helping it, you know, a, a, a rescue place or helping with somebody else's dog or helping do something like that. Maybe, you know, you're kind of in this pattern that you keep going that, Maybe it's time you're, you're supposed to journal and get yourself out of that pattern and, and go in a new direction and be helpful in another way. You know, you got to look at it like that. I mean, you know, your dog is going to be around you because there's that love and that connection you will always have. And you know that. But, you know, maybe you're supposed to continue on now. You're still here. Your dog is, you know, your dog is in the spirit world with you. So maybe there's something you need to do now that is even more and it's in the physical because you're in the physical. You and see? I, I'm sorry, Jen, yeah. I was going to say that uh, the right, right, right could simply mean uh, relate to others, communicate, mm. you know, right. because Correct. you have experiences in this heart yeah. uh, to work, mm-hmm. you know, to whatever it is. It's like, express it. It's express a message it. to tell your story. Yes. Okay. yes. His name is Charlie, right? Yeah. And, he, recently, I had asked him, is there anything I can do to make your stay here much more comfortable? And he, he showed me an image of his food bowl, a metal bowl. Well, instead of food in it, it had water in it. So now I put a bowl of water by his food. Is Am I going crazy? Because that's not what I'm doing. Because the psychic told me that I do have what she called um, psychic or whatever. Um, gifts she's told me, and she's the third person that has ta- told me that, but I'm not, you know, in that realm yet, if anything, but I do get images from him, like what he wants. Um, mm-hmm. That's part of my feeling crazy that I do these things because she sends me images of what he wants, besides the beeping on the phone. Yeah, I think you're just, I think you're just very in tune and because, you know, grief can do that, you know, in any mm-hmm. form. It, it doesn't matter if you've lost, a, you know, a loved one, if you've lost an animal. Grief takes on its own, you know, kind of its own energy. And I think when you're connected like that, you're experiencing all these things and you're totally, you know, I guess in a way, I don't want to say you're creating, but you're kind of taking on this energy with, with Charlie. And I think that... Mm-hmm when you are just connected on your own and you're going in your, you know, and you ask on your own terms, you know, what do I need to know? What can I do? And, and, you know, put it out there in a positive way. I think that that is really, you know, helpful as well, because if you get caught in this pattern where you're, you know, it feels like you're very in tune. So when you get something, you're going at it. So I think that's a positive thing to keep going in, you know, this direction as far as doing, but, you know, are you doing this for you? Or are you doing it for your animal? Or you, or can you do it for someone else? And can you do it to help others? And I think that that's a big thing too. So yeah. keep that in that mind. That, a, you know, you yeah. always have choices. Yeah, that is a great point that you just pointed out. Because whenever I'm doing things like working out or folding laundry, I get these messages. 
and you're talking about when you're in tune. Like mm-hmm. in one case, the chaplain had shared with me a person that passed away, and an image of that person came through, and he had curly hair, and I told him, does that man have a curly hair? And he said yes. And then while on another day I'm working out, I get a message from him saying that, showing a picture of a gift, because he died young. He's uh-huh. a wounded warrior soldier, and he died young, and he he left behind his wife and children, and he had a she showed me a picture of a box and a toy car in it. And I didn't want to share that with the chaplain because I don't want whoever, you know, that person that's grieving to hear that because they might not feel approval of for that kind of thing. Right. What would you do? Because I, I didn't share with him. Well, I don't think you, you know, if you have an image, you know, and I get stuff like this all the time, you don't have to go to everybody and share something every time mm-hmm. you see something. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're in tune and you feel something around someone and you can feel their grief, you can just sit with them and be, you know, give them comfort in a way they need it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's kind of like you're silently getting the information, but you don't have to project that out to them. You can just be like, you know, I really just thought you needed a friend today and I want to be here for you. And it can be that simple. You don't have to try to, okay. you know, impress or do something. You just have to you know, allow it. Like when you said you're working out and you're getting stuff and you're in tune. I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. because it's showing that you are where you are supposed to be with being in tune. But the, the best way to use it is to be there for others or to do something that, you know, you enjoy or, you know, to to be, you know, present in the moment and not say, well, you know, I see this and they have curly hair. Well, that might be great. But if it doesn't do anything for that person, except make them wonder, mm-hmm. It's not helping them. But if you say, you know, I really feel like, you know, your friend, whoever it is, Joe, is around you. And I really feel like, you know, they're with you. And, I, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. Okay. And you can leave it at that. You don't have to go into a detail and try to impress or improve or, or say more. It's just being mm-hmm. present with someone and helping someone else. Kind of like with the animals. If you go to a rescue and you, you just have a connection with these pets, you might find they're coming up to you and they love you because you have such a kind nature. It could be that simple, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So Thanks for your own advice. It... Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. You take care. Take care. Okay. okay. All right. I think we have some more callers here, Kim. We do. We have Jackie from Ohio who we thank profusely for waiting. Good evening, Jackie. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? Hi, Jackie. Good. How are you? So I had a story, and I would love to get your feedback on what your interpretation um, of this story would mean. I lost my first and only grandson um, two days after Christmas in 2019. He was um, struck by a car walking home from a campus bar. Hmm. Really tough. It's been rough. It still feels pretty raw. But um, my daughter and I, um, she—he was her only son. Um, my daughter and I decided to um, do a fundraiser for the fishing clubs that he was a big part of when he was in middle school and high school. So we um, we planned this fundraiser, um, and we didn't—we had no clue what we were doing. But um, we got a bunch of people together, and we thought, wow, if we raise $300, we're going to be over the moon. Um, 
my sister my sister flew in from Phoenix, Arizona to help, and it was 88 degrees that day, and people came out, and they just, you know, it was kind of like at, like the first time people were getting out after the pandemic, and they just wanted to talk and, and hug you and just, you know, remember him. And um, it was, um, we made $2,300. Oh, wow. wow. So <laughs> yeah. And we... <laughs> So we donated all of that to the fishing club, which um, was great because their main um, in 2020 um, got canceled. So they had no funding at all except for us. And, and this funding provided sponsorships for kids that wanted to join the fishing club but couldn't afford to. You know, their families couldn't afford it. Um, supplies, tournament fees, um, you know, rods and reels, anything, but something to get, you know, kids involved in fishing because um my grandson started fishing at age five when i took him to arizona my brother-in-law gave him a fishing pole and he fell in love with it at age 12 he got a professional sponsorship and he he just kept fishing he went to state tournaments he absolutely loved fishing it was it was his place it was his place of peace in his life um the kid could never sit still um but when he was out fishing he could sit there for hours so um, the night before the first fundraiser um, last year, my sister had flown in. We had spent pretty much all day making food for this event because we made all the food. We had it in a shelter house, a local shelter house. And um, that night, so it was the night before the fundraiser, that night I have what I believe was a visit. And the visit was he was standing in my kitchen in front of my refrigerator, and I remember standing there, and I was reading my, I was looking at something on my phone or reading something about him, and something told me to look right. So I turned my head right, and there he stood, looking like he did when he was in high school, and he was very handsome. He was a very handsome young man, and um, he looked at me, and he said, I tried it, but I'm not coming back. And I can remember like hugging him, feeling feeling myself hugging him and kissing him on the cheek and telling him how much I loved him. But I I don't know what he meant by that. Do you have a take on that at all, what he could have meant? Mm. You know, one thing is when he said I I tried it, maybe maybe he tried to come back when he was dying. You couldn't get back in his mm. body or yeah. something like that. Uh, that's at least a possibility because uh, we we hear near death experiencers talking about that. Uh, but uh, he, he I could was thinking it was his life. You know, maybe he tried the life and he decided he doesn't need to come back. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. that too. That's a possibility too. I think is that I've done this, I've tried this, and really I don't need to come back. Yeah, I think it could be either one, or it might be something we can't even think of. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it could be anything, but I mean, you know, it's it's. What does it mean to you? What is it? You know, did did you feel like there was something that came out of that? Did you feel like it was, you know, something specific? Well, I, I think for me, uh, it. I, I can't even explain to you how real that was to me, and that's how I know it wasn't a dream. It was visit because I can physically yeah. feel myself. <laughs> hugging him and kissing him on the cheek. And I was very close to him. Um, I was like, you know, his second mom. Um, 
you know, because of all the things I've read and seen, I sometimes I wonder if it's like he likes it so much in the afterlife, he doesn't want to come back. Right, right. You hear I mean, that? that was my first. My first thought was he doesn't need to come back. He just he wanted the, he came here for the experience. He had an experience, and that's what he needed. And now he's like, I'm good. You know, I mean, it could be something that simple. We don't really know. But for him to say that to you, I mean, I would take whatever feels right to you. You know, I mean, you can listen to everybody's opinions and thoughts, but, you know, you have to go with what you think. And, and you know, it just seems that way. Like, I'm good. I, you know, thanks for the experience. I love you. And I'm here, you know, just so you know, I'm here. He's still around, you know, and. And I think that was important, too. You know, you could feel it. You could feel that hug. You could feel that energy. And I and think, I, you know. Oh, go on. Go on, Patty. I'm sorry, Janet. Uh, I was thinking, yes, he didn't even have to stay very long. How old did you say he was? He was 21. 21. Uh-huh. Now, sometimes, that you know, people come and that's all they need. They don't need to stay 60, 70, 80 years, you know. It's, he did what he needed to do. Right discovered what he needed to discover. I tried it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it might be that. Yeah. But I just want to say that's such an incredible experience uh, that you had. What a gift. Yes. Oh, I, it, it's, you know, I, I never, I never expected anything like that. I mean, my mom's been gone for 23 years and I, I don't know that I've had a visit from her, but I may have, but because I didn't know then what I know now. And I know, you know, it's like my daughter says, I wish we would have learned all the things that we know now when (laughs) grandma died all those years ago. Yeah. Um, Because it it makes, it makes all the difference in your, in in being able to go on with your life. Oh, it it is a total difference. (laughs) It is exactly what makes it possible to go on. And I'd yeah. like to add something, too, with, with your dream when you had said that you were in the kitchen and it was, you know, by the refrigerator. And, you know, I always look at dreams at a lot of different angles. And when you were saying that, I immediately thought food for thought. He was giving you food for thought. And what else is food? Food is comfort. And he was hugging and you felt the hug and you felt the comfort. And he was, you know, it was like there's a lot of aspects that maybe you don't pick out because, you're so focused on the one, you know, with being your grandson, but there's all these little, you know, extras around you in the kitchen. What does that mean? It's, it's a place of, you know, it could be comfort, food for thought. It can give you, you know, it can sustain you. It can help you. And, and I think that, you know, think about that too, is all the little extra gifts from that dream that he also gave you. That's and I think that, you know, that's well, now that you, well, Go on. It, it, it's interesting. It's, yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, I just, I just thought of this when you said that, <laughs> and it might yeah. be very poignant. It was every time that kid would come into my house, the first thing he did was go to the refrigerator and get an apple oh. out of the refrigerator. Oh, so yeah. That's good. See, and so there, you know, there were more messages in there. You know, we sometimes we only we get that one message and hold on to it and try to you know figure out what it is, but. There's a lot more. He came when he came over. He's letting you know he was there. That was where he goes. And and it was like another validation because it wasn't just the validation of him coming through and saying, hey, I'm still here. or I'm still around. It's I also come to this place, you know, and and that happens a lot. They, they go to the place that, you know, them where they were, you know, they love to go. And he and liked to go to the, ref- you know, get an apple. <laughs> and, and that was nurturing. Yep. The grandmother's house 
You nurtured him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And then you get the oh, spiritual nourishment. Yeah. The spiritual nourishment back yeah. from him. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's so, so thank you for um, pointing that out because I, I never thought of that aspect that that kid, every time you walked in the house, he went right to the refrigerator and always got an apple out of the refrigerator. That's That was the first thing he did when he would come in here. See, oh, and there you go. So you have another validation. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I, I, anybody that's listening, if, um, you know, I, my daughter and I went to the, um, to the winter um, grief retreat in January and I, there are no words that can express what came out of that retreat that has helped my daughter and that will help her go on from years to come. If anybody ever has a chance to go to those things, go. It is well, well worth it. I, I have no regrets. I, I can't stand up about the foundation that has, it has helped us. It, it continues to help us. For me, listening to this radio show every Thursday night is like um, people that are Christian that go to church, they get reinforcements on Sunday. You, you are my reinforcement on Thursday nights that, um, <laughs> that, so my, that my beliefs are, are, are true. Oh, so, thank, thank you. you so much. And uh, for those who are listening, it's a forever family uh, foundation uh, grief retreat that you're talking about. They're having another one. In yeah. July, Connecticut. Yeah. In, in, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Wonderful. Yep. pretty wonderful. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. So they, they are magnificent. Yeah, wow. they are magnificent. And um, Bob and, and, you know, all of the, all the certified mediums and all of you that are associated with that foundation can't say enough good things about you. You're so helpful and um you know it's it's a struggle it's a daily struggle when you lose someone that you love that much and and the more you love them the harder the grief is and you you you've got to find ways to press on until you can meet with them again but um you know there's so many things that we've done through seeing that show on netflix that's where it all started for me and then i got my daughter involved and we joined the foundation, and then we went to this retreat with absolutely no expectations. But what we came away with was more than we ever could have hoped for. Oh, that's so oh, well, thank you. Yeah, Forever Family Foundation is pretty wonderful, and what Bob and Fran created, I mean, it's it really has touched worldwide. I mean, it's helped so many people. And, I mean, we're I'm honored to be a part of it. I know probably Betty and, you know, Kim are. So thank you for calling in and sharing that, too. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Glad. Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank Jack. you. And um, thank you. Have a great night. Thank you. You, you too. You too. You. All right. Oh. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, Beth is our next guest who's been uh, our listener who's been patiently awaiting. Good evening, Beth. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I, I too am looking for, um, your feedback and insight on some experiences that I've had and, uh, and I'll try to be brief, but, um, I'm in my fifties and grew up never having any conversations with family, friends, clergy, teachers, anybody, uh, that life continues after death. Um, until I would say over the past 10 years, I've had three significant losses. Um, my brother 
and in 2012, my husband in 2015, and my son uh, in 2020. Oh, and with each, exactly significant. Um, And with each, I've experiences that are unexplainable and and have been profound. And um, and and so I would just like to share just a few with uh, or one. uh, connected to each loss, um, but but I've had a few with each. Um, mm. w- with my brother, I'd say probably within the first month of his passing, I felt I was sleeping and I felt something on my toe, something like someone grabbing my toe, and I was kind of in that half sleep, half awake state. And I opened my eyes, and he was at the bottom of my bed. It was clearly him. And the more I became lucid, the less he was there and the less I felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, to the mm-hmm. point where when I woke up, I, I questioned it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had a dream with him in it that was very, I want to say, very clear, solid. And, and my dreams never are like that. I rarely remember dreams if if I ever do but I remembered his dreams and with my husband in 2015 my daughter and I are sitting in her car and she has um, a digital radio and uh, like some radios have when there's a song playing it it shows the artist and the in the title of the song and the radio was playing as we were sitting in the car as it was idling and um, my husband's name just went across the screen, oh and my gosh. and it went across twice. And his name was Charlie, oh. and um, or is Charlie, I should say. Um, and Charlie came across, and then it came across a second time. <laughs> and both my daughter and I are looking at this, and our <laughs> mouths are open. And then the third time, it was the name of the song and the artist. Huh. And um, and with my son, um. I was very upset one day, and uh, I was at the cemetery, and I was, I'll, you know, I'm not afraid to say I was just angry at everyone and God included in the universe, and and I let them all know it, and (laughs) as soon as I pulled out of the cemetery, and, and I became aware, you know, I was, you know, now I'm driving and I have to become aware and back to the moment. I look at the license plate in front of me, and the license plate says uh, one Cam C A M twelve. My son's name is Cam Cameron, but I called him Cam, and his birth date is the thirteenth. So one in twelve is thirteen. Mm-hmm. And as soon as and I looked at the plate, I felt like I felt I got the message. That he's still with me. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. literally felt that. Didn't hear anything, but I felt it. Yeah. And then, you know, I said, "Okay, oh, okay, I hear you. I'm still angry, yeah, and I was, um, but I hear you, and and I got the message, you know. Wow. So I feel like these are profound experiences and not coincidences. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yes. And, oh. and I feel like those mm-hmm. only things that really allow me to stand on my feet at this point, I will be honest. So they do give me hope. But I also have a, a, a small part of me that says, maybe you hallucinated it. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it just, you know, it just but that's how happened happened. And you're, you're creating this. Yeah. So it happens just, I guess I'm looking. Say that again. It, it happens that way. It seems so just kind of, it just kind of flows right by or it flows right through and it can be so powerful in the moment. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And you're like, did that really happen? Is that, is that right? You know? And, but a lot of times that that's exactly how it happens. What you described in all three, those are all ways of you for one being in tune, kind of like I told Nelson in a way, you're, you're very in tune because you're open. Your grief has kind of cracked you open in a way. And it has just taken you to be, you know, more open to receive these different, you know, things that are happening around you. And I think that, you know, all three of them, you you know, they've all been experiences in your paying attention, which is exactly what I say almost monthly is when we pay attention to what is going on in the now around us, our loved ones are giving us signs, they're giving us messages. And in, when we're in the moment, we're paying attention, we can see them and we can receive them. But half the time people are on their phone and they're running here and they're doing this and they're going here. And so they're, miss- it, you know, it just kind of floats by. So then they have to try to, you know, have it happen in another way. And I think all of yours, you know, you have different things you're having where you are actually touched. You know, your brother grabbed your toes. He was probably like, hey, wake up, wake up. I'm going to be playful. And at the same time, you were in that zone. You were very relaxed. You were very comfortable. And as soon as you became aware then boom, it kind of pops you out of it a little bit. But he was letting you know you were there and you felt it. And he did it in a way that was kind of playful in a way that wouldn't scare you or, you know, freak you out in any way, you know, and for your husband to come through and to say, hey, I'm right here. I'm here with both of you. I'm right here. And, you know, it's coming through the radio loud and clear. What else do you want me to do? You know, and and kind of for your son, it was a visual, you know, and so you had it, you were touched. So you're, it's, it's getting all of your senses if you didn't realize that, you know, we, we, it connects with all of our senses, your six senses, but you know, you're, you're feeling it, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you know, you're looking at it. And, and I think that's really important too, to acknowledge that, you know, you can be open to receiving in all those different ways. And, you know, yeah, you can still be mad. I would too, you know, there's no judgment here at all. I'd be the same way, you know, what the heck. And, and at the same time, I'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you for giving me that, you know. And I think the anger is anger is simply an energy. It's an energy of, of a deep and profound desire to be in touch with them. I mean, right. I mean, we get angry when we can't be. And I mean, it, we're frustrated, but it's a powerful energy, too. Right. It moves you to new ground. It puts you in a new place that you weren't, you know, you didn't know and you didn't want to ever experience, of course. But you know, grief, you just don't really get over it. You just, it moves you to a new place and to new experiences where all of a sudden now it's like, wow, the door just opened. What's happening here? And so as you see these, as your brother came through and your husband and your son, you know, also you can be really grateful that they're coming to you and giving you messages and saying, hey, we're still around. I know we're not here in the physical and yeah, this really sucks. But at the same time, we're here. I mean, how beautiful is that? 
very clear that yeah. they were they're beautiful experiences, I think, because they were so precise, really. Yes, very precise. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank and you so much. So, can I just ask one other quick question? So I feel like not having grown up with and I'm I'm just, I don't know if many people do grow up having these kinds of conversations in their families. But so now I feel like I I feel like not now what, but I kind of feel like, well, where where do I go from here with this? What is there I feel like there's something that I should be doing, but I don't know like which direction to go in, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think you just have to explore, explore where you feel, you know, where's the next thing you want to do? What's the next thing you want to look into? Do you want to look into taking classes? You know, maybe, you know, be more in tune. Do you want to read more? Do you want to, you know, go to a conference? What do you want to do? You know, I mean, I think it's just you have lots of choices. It's up to you. We can't tell you what to do next. But I think that it's kind of plunged you into an area that you've never experienced. But at the same time, it's it's, you know, amazing. So you want to go somewhere. So I would look into, you know, read, start reading things, start, you know, maybe meditating. I know that's a word that I always say people cringe at, but it really is a beautiful experience when you start meditating and your loved ones come to you in, you know, other ways through meditation or, you know, maybe that will guide you onto your next path. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to add too that, you know, you didn't have those conversations when you're growing up, basically because Western culture suppressed all of that. And right. so there were those families that did kind of question and talked about it, but there were the majority who didn't because everything had been suppressed for us. And when you do have these experiences borne out tremendous grief and loss, it's it tells you, yes, they are still alive and you want to know right. more. Probably. And I think also yeah. share because what we all want to do is that if we have such a, an experience and that there's something that we were not told about, something that was suppressed brutally for centuries, we want to share it with others because we want them to know. So I can, you will find your own way with this, but you've had three really powerful experiences and. Well, and, and even more than that, she had a lot well, of, uh, that you've told us, yes. Right. And right. for yeah. sure. You will, I am sure you want to, you, you will find out in your own way through them, through whatever, but your longing for that, your question of what to do uh, will, will ignite a, an answer because we need to know these okay, things. All right. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's, I, I think that's how I feel now. I, I feel like there's so much more I need to know. Um, so yes, um, right. that is my next step. Yes, and sharing. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for calling in. Have a thank good you. night. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Well, it's just amazing, isn't it? The experiences that people have. And of course, every time someone has an experience, if they can get over their caution and fear and the suppression that we've all had in our culture to tell others. And that's why I'm so happy when people call in and tell us these amazing things. It strengthens us as well, but everyone who hears it, that we are in in our time, it is a time when we are awakening to who we are and just beginning to awaken to what is possible for us to do. And uh, each, yeah. each one who's called in, 
all of us are working at this Mm -hmm. and each one of us has our own individual path and and we will find it because there's nothing more important than knowing that there is another dimension of reality that it is loving that it is creative that we are immortal and we are here to co-create the kind of world that we long for and each of us will find our own individual way to do that right right well and you know and i think to grief it it throws us into this place where we now have like eliminated these boundaries that we were raised with or that you know we thought we knew and all of a sudden we're in this new place and so you do want to explore that you do want to keep going and you want to you know you and, and I mean I understand from like when I was you know growing up all the different paths I, I took and I just I was the same way I didn't know where to go but I knew I was having these experiences and and so you know you read and then when I started meditating it was just unbelievable and I mean, I think, you know, you start receiving more subtle signs and you start, you know, and, and then you just, you know, you disregard them and think, oh, maybe not. And then you think, no, I really did get that. And then, you know, I started writing it down. I always suggest that to people, too, is, you know, keep a journal, write down when you're getting something and date it and time it. And then, you know, weeks down, you know, a week, you know, goes by or a month, you can go back and look when you think you saw it, you're like, wait a minute. I knew that. I knew that. And I, you know, I would go back and look in my book and be like, oh my gosh, I knew I knew that. Or, or grandma came through and showed me this and oh my gosh, you know, that, how did that happen? You know, and you just start exploring that way is, you know, you have everybody's loved ones on the other side. You can ask them to give you signs or help you move to the next step. And, and I think that, you know, and sometimes they're busy. Don't get me wrong. I I hear that when I do EVPs, they're like, they're busy. And I'm thinking, really? (laughs) But it's kind of, it's really good because it it causes you to take steps in new directions that you never thought you would go, that you didn't want to go to. But it, it, it now that you're there, you kind of have to go somewhere. So why not keep moving forward, but also be present and wait for them when they, when they share something. Because a lot of times you're like, well, when this happened back then, and it's like, yeah, but you're in the present now, allow them to come through in the now and share what they need to in the now. And I think if you know we remember that, that's really important. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. I agree. We I had agree. a lot of interesting golden nuggets tonight. For, yes, we did for ourselves yeah. and our listeners. And we'd like to thank each person who listened this evening and each person who called to share and talk with us. It's been enlightening and very, very moving. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we will end with our prayer. How's that? The Mahayama prayer. Yes. Okay. May all beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected be fulfilled, awakened, liberated, and free. May there be peace in this world and throughout the entire universe. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. you, And that is so beautiful. Thank Thank you, Janet. Janet. Good night. Good night. Good night.